Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Well, hi, everybody, and this is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends, and we are going to talk about organization today, a perfect topic for a new year and a perfect topic for any time, and one of my favorite topics. I've been accused of being one of the most organized people a lot of people know, and uh, so that's sometimes a good thing that can be a bad thing, so hopefully we're going to talk about some balanced organization here today. We are still looking for our guest, and if you are here on the call line, I hope that you would raise your hand there. I cannot see your number, and it's possible that you're calling in from a different number than the one we had on file for you. So if you are here, please raise your hand, and if not, um, hopefully Maria will be joining us shortly. And so because organization is one of my all-time favorite topics, we are going to plow forward with some of Marnie's favorite organizational skills and tactics for you until Maria joins us whenever that may be. I wonder if you have ever taken the time to step back and identify the difference between someone who is organized and someone who isn't organized. And I would even go so far to say someone who is disorganized. And there are quite a few differences that I notice. One of them is that someone who is disorganized has a lot of surprises in their life. They're just constantly being bombarded by surprises. And that, that happens to all of us. I, I have many surprises that hit me too. But because I take the time to be organized in advance, I have less surprises that hit me. Now, if you're the kind of person that likes surprises, you'll be like, oh, that's okay. I, I love surprises. But I'm talking about the kind of surprises that are usually not very fun to have hit you and it takes a little pre-thinking, a pre-planning in order to have a little bit better smooth sailing as you go forward. You can't, you can't possibly predict everything that's going to happen nor should you try and I don't even bother to think about that. But I do know that by being organized there is a way for us to truly get ahead of the game in a lot of ways and to be able to um, to get a jump on to get a jump on life to get a little bit ahead and to um, feel to feel excited about that to feel uh, empowered by that and it's encouraging for me to be organized when I get disorganized when things get out of when things get out of the um, what I'll say out of the pen out of, <laughs> out of the playpen or whatever um, I, I feel very much more vulnerable and being vulnerable is just part of life but you don't want to ask for trouble it's like running out in front of front of a truck and saying you know I like to live dangerously um, it's, it's great to live dangerously but let's do it with some common sense and so organization to me is like a safety net that helps keep things as straight and as predictable as possible in the zones where that's helpful and we've got so many more callers on the line and I'm still not seeing my guest here just a second I think we may have her here Maria is this you this is me. Hi, Marnie. How are you? Oh, yay. Hi. Great, great, great. Well, I'm going to go ahead back and pretend like we haven't started here, you guys, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a good lead in here, Maria. <laughs> so we're, we're just kind of filling time until you got here. Okay, very good. Well, today's program is called Finally Organized, and our guest today is Maria Gracia. And this is Marnie Swedberg. So excited to have you guys with us. And during the next hour, Maria is going to share the number one reason we get overwhelmed and the first thing we should do to get organized now, also her slice and dice organizational strategy that will save you time and reduce your stress while increasing your productivity and peace. She's going to share the three ways to beat procrastination so that you can start uh, making progress right now and you can start using these right now. If you should go with paper or paperless, how to know if, when, and which things to transfer. Also, she'll be sharing how to refocus excuse me, and re-energize to avoid midday productivity slumps or burnout. She'll be sharing time-saving tips to help you enjoy, maximize, and manage your social connections and the easiest and best 
three things you can do to get yourself more organized starting right now. That's all coming up in this hour. Now, Maria is known as the queen of organization. She's an author, speaker, consultant, professional organizer, and the founder of Get Organized Now. She specializes in helping people get better organized to live the kind of stress-free life they've always dreamed of. And she's right now, to you guys, giving away her free five action keys to get more done. You can get those over at MarniesFriends.com or um, by clicking there at the bottom of the link at the blog talk show. So welcome to you, Maria. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Well, we're excited to have you, and we just, we're just going to launch right in here with the number one reason why we get overwhelmed. How come? <laughs> what happened okay. to us? Yeah, and you probably have, you know, figured this out already, but, you know, we just have so much going on in our lives to begin with, you know. But when we have a project in front of us, like let's say or, you know, we kind of are looking at our house or we're looking at our office and it's just a cluttered, like, disaster mess, you know, we're like, well, you know, this is such a big project. How am I going to do this? Where do I begin? You know, how am I going to tackle this? There's no way I can do this in a day, so why even start it? So we become, like, paralyzed by this, like, overwhelming, you know, want to get organized, but we don't know how to go about it. And what happens is we don't start it, and then the next day comes, and the day after that, and the paper keeps building, and the clutter keeps building, and the problem gets worse. So then we become more and more overwhelmed by it all. Um, We also are constantly being attacked with like a million um, things to do. Like, for example, with me, my, my daughter's constantly, you know, she's in school during the day, but when she gets home, she is constantly tapping me on the shoulder, you know. <laughs> you know, not her dad is invisible, obviously, you know. And, um, you know, the phone is ringing and the laundry is calling us and there are to-dos to get done. So I think that there are just so many things going on that we don't know what to start with. And, again, we kind of go through this paralysis for lack of a better word, and we feel like we're not getting anything done or, and we're not getting anything accomplished. So what you know, is the number so one, what's the number one thing to do about it to start getting out of that? Okay, so this is kind of where we kind of talk about slice and dice a little bit and focusing in on a problem. So what I tell people to do is, you know, you, it's really difficult to think about the problem as a huge, you know, a huge thing because, you know, you're not going to be able to tackle a huge thing. What I have people do is choose something to tackle on and zone in on and focus on. So if somebody comes up to me and they say, my house is a disaster, how am I going to get it organized? I say, well, what is the one thing that is bothering you the most? So that person may say, well, the kitchen table is driving me crazy. You know, every time, uh, you know, I have to do some work or write some bills or the kids have to do some homework we have to rearrange the whole kitchen table well that's when like that kind of that bell goes off and it's like okay well that is what you tackle that is what you focus on now you don't like you know and that may even be overwhelming for some people just in general so what I will tell them at that point is to slice and dice and what that basically means is let's say you have like a big bowl of fruit in front of you and you have to slice this fruit all into like a big fruit salad. Well, you're not going to do like everything at once. You're probably going to pick up one banana and you're going to peel it and you're going to slice that one banana and then you're going to move on to the next piece of fruit to make your big fruit bowl. So it is the same with um, with clutter or with you know a project that you have to work on or anything like that. What you're going to do is you're going to choose one thing. So you might choose like let's say the kitchen table and you're going to slice and dice, which means you are going to like take maybe all the papers off the table first and then you're going to take all of the um you know, wrappers <laughs> off the table, you know, whatever you have sitting there, the soda cans, the plants, anything that you have on the table off the table. So you're, you know, you're kind of slicing that up. Then you are going to decide what projects you're working on and only put those projects on the table. And then you're going to maybe set a timer and work on those projects for 15 minutes. And then you're going to take everything off the table and start your next project. Now, it's the same thing with, um, you know, maybe a project that you have at work. You know, one of your projects may be that you have to complete a report, but maybe to complete the report, you have to slice that down into so many parts. You know, you might have to call somebody to get some numbers. You may have to delegate part of the project out. You may have to uh, do some research on the Internet, etc. When you take these 
big, big things and you focus on one thing and then you take it and you slice it down into tiny little parts, then you can just focus on one part at a time and you get the first part done and then the second part done and the third part done until that project is complete. So you are not you know, overwhelmed at that point because you're not looking at this ginormous project, but you're only looking at these little pieces. Um, and when you have little pieces like that, they don't even have to be tackled all at once. They can be tackled, you know, one at a time. You check them off as you go. It's really the best way to complete something, to bring these huge projects down to smaller, um, smaller pieces so you can tackle them one at a time. I love that. I loved your illustration of making a fruit salad. And, of course, we wouldn't try to peel the banana and peel the orange and dice the apple all at the same time. Right. <laughs> right. Do them one at, so we already have kind of a frame of reference for how to do this. It makes me think of, uh, I guess when I learned how to do that for the first time, Maria, I think I was just a kid. And my room mm-hmm. would get to be just horrific, just awful. Yeah. You could even walk across it, it just full of stuff on the floor. And mm-hmm. I don't know how I learned this, if my mom taught me or if I just figured it out, but what really worked for me, and it still works for me, is that I had to have one place clear first. And so I would throw everything off my bed and onto the floor, onto the big mess anyway, and I would make my bed. And then I'd throw everything from the floor onto my bed, and then I would get back down to my bed by putting things away like things at a time, like uh, sorting all the clothes out first and then all the papers like that. And that's really what you're saying is that if you can have a process that works for you, that's the one that actually that process, a very similar process still works for me when I get buried. I can't do it all at once. I have to do what you're talking about is slice and dice. So now this is something, what if a person is staring at, um, let's just say a, 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 a closet and it's overwhelming. They don't know where to begin, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. but they know that there's something in this closet they need right now. And they know it's in here. They just don't know where. What would you What would you recommend that they do first? Well, you know, when you are running into a problem, and if you do get organized, you won't have that problem. <laughs> just, but right. if you do have that right. problem right now, um, the first thing that I would do is start removing stuff. I would take, you know, if you can't find one thing in the closet, chances are you can't find 20 things in that closet. So the first thing I would do is work on emptying that closet out, just kind of like you said, you know, where you would take everything off your bed and put it on the floor because, you know, you, you almost have to go down to the bare bones to find, you know, what you're looking for at that point. You know, it's kind of like finding a needle in a haystack, you know. But in the future, you know, once you take everything out of that closet and that closet is down to the bare bones, you have a very good chance now of putting things – putting things back in a way that you're going to be able to find them in the future. You know, while you may waste 20 minutes now looking for something or maybe an hour or two, um, it may actually be the incentive you need to get that closet cleaned out so this issue doesn't happen again. You know, and when that closet is down to its bare bones, now you can see what categories of items you have. You can kind of sort, you know, all your stuff out on the floor, um, which is a great work surface. You can find containers to fit those items. You can label your containers or baskets or whatnot, and you won't lose anything in there again. You know, so I'm not sure I have a better system for finding something that's lost in there already, but, you know, the system for not, for preventing that from happening in the future, you know, is getting things contained labeling things, having uh, the similar things in one place in the closet and not in 10 different places. Great. Now I want to move on to the procrastination thing, but before we do, let's just brainstorm out loud here a couple minutes because you're very organized, Maria. I'm very organized, and we've got some listeners who are here just like, oh, give me some more help because I'm not naturally organized. I'm trying to learn Mm -hmm. this, but it just doesn't come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. So like one of the things that I would do if I was facing a closet like that or even I tell you what, guys, at our at our retail store, there's 50,000 individual SKUs, individual items, you know, sometimes 12 to 24 or 48 deep each that we have to organize and manage. So one of the things that I learned to do to manage items, to manage stuff, is to use the box system like you were mentioning to have a container. And even when I'm cleaning out a closet, I will set a bunch of boxes behind me and I don't label them before I set them down. I start to label them as I'm pulling stuff out of a closet or out of a drawer or out of a cupboard because I'll figure out as I'm going what things are kind of like each other, like this is trash, okay, that's a box. Maybe this is... um, 
for the thrift store, you know, to donate this is a box. And maybe this is all hair stuff or maybe this is all, you know, um, stuff stuff for the bedroom. Uh, and as you go through this closet, you will find that you have like items. And then when you're putting it back in, you can really organize it well. And then you can have one miscellaneous box that catches the, you know, stuff that you don't really have a name for or whatever, but you sometimes need it. Maria, do you have, do you have something different or to add to that? You know, I, I think that is a fantastic suggestion. And um, the only thing I would add to that is that, you know, when you're using those containers and picking those containers, pick ones that you really like so you actually use them all the time. Um, you know, some people like beautiful, bright colors. I would say go to the dollar store and get yourself some of those. Some people kind of like that shabby chic look. But the more you like the containers and the more they're labeled and organized, the more you're going to use them and um, the better they're going to look in your closet to you personally. Awesome. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Maria Gracia of GetOrganizedNow.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the three ways to beat procrastination that you can start using right now. The fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info. That's women's events. It's the only directory of its kind, and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, E-Conference Women, and so many others. It's free to search, and you can find it all at womensevents.info. Hey, welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, our guest today. Maria Gracia is talking to us about getting organized. She is the organizational queen from getorganizednow.com. Thanks for being here, Maria. Sure. I'm so glad to be here. We're going to move next into a conversation about procrastination, and this is huge. Um, I, I have... I have a training that uh, we give away over at Marnie.com. It's one of the free gifts you get when you register that talks about my three ways to um, beat procrastination. And I am dying to hear yours. And I know that you've got a lot of other great stuff. You guys want to check out our website, getorganizednow.com. But right now, Maria, share with us your favorite three ways to beat procrastination. Okay, well, my top way, and I, I have to mention this, and this is kind of the boring one, but, you know, it is really, really important that you identify why you're procrastinating because there is a possibility that you're procrastinating on something and it's stressing you out and it's something maybe that you don't even have to do at all. You know, maybe there's something that you've been doing for years and years and years and you don't even know why you're doing it anymore. And, you you know, you're procrastinating on doing it again and it's, you know, whether you do it or not, it's not going to make much of a difference in your life. Now, you, you may identify the reason that you're procrastinating because um, it is just such a, a colossal job to do. Like, for example, if you have to uh, organize uh, medical paperwork or research um, insurance. You know, that is not really a task. That is a project with multiple steps. And I, I think a lot of people procrastinate because of that. And if you know that that's the reason, then you can fix that because then you can actually, you know, write down the piece, each piece on an index card and tackle it index card by index card one, one at a time. So um, my very first tip is to make sure that you identify why you're procrastinating because that is the only way that you're going to be able to move on. Um, my second thing is to make your, the thing you're procrastinating on, if, if, if you determine it's something that you really do need to do, what I would do is I would tell the world that I have to do it, and I would tell the world that I have to do it by X date. Because having other people know gives you some accountability, not only to yourself, but to other people that are out there. So, you know, I might tell my spouse or I might tell my child or my mother or I might go on social media and tell all my friends that I am going to, you know, catch up with the laundry by, you know, Wednesday at 10 o'clock and, you know, have my friends bug me <laughs> at Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Because, you know, when you make yourself accountable to others, you, find, you can find that most people can find more motivation in doing that. Um, and the third thing, my third favorite thing when it comes to procrastination is to give yourself a reason to get it done. And what I usually do is I like to attach 
rewards to things. So if I am procrastinating on a project that I really don't want to do, I kind of make something that I really do want to do contingent upon me completing either the entirety of that project or a piece or two of that project. So if I really want to watch... Uh, I don't know, you know, the Big Bang Theory or something that night. I don't get to watch that until I've done one or two pieces of my project. And that kind of gives me that energy and motivation to kind of move on and tackle what I have to do. That's like the inner parent going on there. (laughs) Yes, it is. Sometimes you have to be, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. If if you don't have if you don't have the external motivation, you have to you have to find it from inside. Uh, to do it. Let's go back up to number one and to identify the why. I love that because so many times, you know, I do a holiday boot camp training um, to help people get through the holiday season. And when we talk about the um, traditions, which actually the holidays is like 100% traditions, you're doing everything Mm -hmm. you do because came to value that as a tradition. And if you go to other countries or other homes, even on your own block, they aren't doing the same things you're doing. But um, all these traditions, if you just write them down and you put, you know, on the left side, you put the name of the tradition. On the right side, you have three columns, and one of them is how much does it cost? Like what's the investment that I would have here, time or money or energy or whatever it is. The next one is, is um, uh, let's see, okay, there's just three columns total. There we go. I'm, I'm missing a column there. The final column is who cares? And mm-hmm. if you just write down in there who, who that tradition really matters to, what you find out the first time you go through this is that you're doing traditions that you don't need to do anymore because nobody cares. And that's what you're saying here. I love that we start with that for procrastination. If you're procrastinating, you have to really stop and say, why, who cares about this? And honestly, un- underneath in our subconscious, we know when something's not valuable, when something's not important. And, you know, we can we can just keep telling ourselves we've got to do it, got to do it, but if it isn't getting done, there's probably a really good reason why it isn't getting done, so I love that as a possibility. Then when you talked about Colossal, you mentioned um, a strategy that you actually use, I think, that you can talk a little bit more about right now. It's about the, the um, cards to break it down. Can you explain how you do that? Yes, um, the cards to break it down is, is such a fun system, and it's, it's easy, and it's, it gives you a really good visual. What I do is I have people get a large cork board for their wall, and you can put this, you know, it, it doesn't have to be in your living room or anything. You know, it can be in your utility room or your, your home office or your kitchen. But what I do is I take a cork board, and I use, like, uh, either some decorative tape or ribbon, and I break it down into three distinct sections. And section one are all the things that I have to do. And what I do is I write each of the things I have to do on an index card, so one task per index card. And by doing that, I can kind of, you know, sort through them, shuffle through them, etc. you know, and put them in, you know, your kind of hot, warm, cool, you know, kind of order. And then what I do is, so, you know, the first column is everything that has to be done. And then the second column on your cork board are things that are in progress. So each day I'll take one or two or three things that I really have to get done that are kind of hot, you know, and, and you know, they're important and, and and they're fairly urgent, I will move those over to the, um, you know, things in process, um, you know, section of my cork board. And then finally, um, you know, and I don't put too much in there, you know, again, just like one or two or three, because if you put too much in that in process, then you're going to just start getting overwhelmed again. So once I complete um, those those projects that are in the uh, you know the second column, I kind of move over to the third column of my corkboard. Um, anything that gets completed goes in the third column, which is basically the accomplishments section. So you are able to see by the end of the day how much you have accomplished. And it's kind of funny that you had mentioned, Marnie, the whole traditions thing, because that's kind of like this, and I love your idea of the traditions thing. Um, but this is, very, this is very similar, you know, to that, where you have a visual of things you have to do, things that are in, in process, and things that you have accomplished. And having the things that you have accomplished, I think, is such a big thing, because we all need – 
a boost and motivation in our day and, and you know, a sense of everything that we've done. So having, you know, a, a board showing that can make you feel really great at the end of the day. Now, on the flip side, you know, it also might show you if you've been dragging your feet all day, and that alone may give you incentive to get moving and accomplish a couple more things before, before the day is done. That's awesome. I love it. I love that, especially as a first step or as a step for somebody who's really a visual person um, who's just getting getting started with doing a to do list. Uh, because you can you can move from you can move from that to something on your phone or you know whatever. But this this wall thing is a such a big visible way for you to keep track and actually celebrate. I always I always say God needed to step back each night after a good day's work during creation and say that was really good. You know God was encouraging Himself with that was really good work today. You know if God needed to, we need to take some time and to say that was really good work today. And I love a to do list. Uh, for myself, I, I have it on paper, but I love a to-do list because it really, I mean, I've got mine right here, and along the left column, I've got a lot of X's going on, and that, that's really awesome. That's fun to X things off and to have things to look back at the day and say, yeah, it felt like it was really crazy and busy, but I did accomplish some stuff off my list, which was awesome. As long as the list doesn't become, you know, the Lord or the, the God, you know, then then you're okay. Once Once the list kind of takes over your life, then it's no fun anymore, but we're gonna That's true, actually, and you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So you know, and I I love what you're saying, and th- that's a very good point that you even have yours on paper because some people do not want you know a big corkboard, and you know some people some people might, but some people might not. You can use that same idea with a sheet of paper, you know, that I'm talking about, and you know, having even if you like take those accomplishments and you just highlight them in yellow. You know, I mean, it's any visual that you can give yourself to, you know, get to the end of the day and not beat yourself up because, you know, you may you may think in your mind that you only accomplished one or two things, but when you look at your piece of paper at the end of the day and you see 20 things highlighted, you know, you can see that you've done a lot and you have to be, you should be happy with yourself and feel feel blessed that you were able to do what you were able to get done and tomorrow's a new day, you know. Absolutely. And I, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more later too, but I just want to just throw this in for those of you who don't currently use a paper list, a to-do list. What I do, um, usually I just have it in a notebook that I keep, but sometimes like this week I had so many and I was getting a little confused about what was what were the priorities. Sometimes I can just juggle that in my head, the priorities, but this week wasn't able to do that. We had some extra medical stuff going on and different things. So I did go ahead and open up an Excel document, and on the left column I put the due date, you know, when this thing has to be done. Then in the second column I put the ETA, the estimated time allowance that I had to give it. How, how long did I really think this was? I had uninterrupted time. And then in the section next to that project, I would just write down a brief description of the project. And then I could just sort it. I sort it by the due date on the left-hand side so that I can see exactly what I had to do each day. And once I did that, I always say when it's in your head, it's a million things to do. And when you write it down, it's only 122. But actually, 122 is a lot of things to do still. It's just that when it's in your head, it's so overwhelming. It's back to that number one reason that we get overwhelmed. Um, Maria, do you, have, do you have something like that that you do on paper? Or do you mostly do the, the wall chart, or what do you do? You know, there are so many ways that you can do it. For me, you know, I, I will do the wall chart because uh, especially with my business type stuff, um, it just gives me a good visual during the day. Um, you can also do it on your smartphone. You know, you can kind of get something worked out on there. There are just so many ways to do it. And the whole thing that you were just saying about getting things out of your head is just such a huge thing when it comes to organization um, and, and many other things in life. You know, if if something's bothering me, instead of keeping it in my head all day, I will write it on a journal and kind of release that, you know, from myself. Um, you know, okay. getting... Uh, these hundred things out of your head and down on paper kind of takes the pressure off of you during the day. So I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it really does. It's one of my favorite strategies when I feel stressed out is just to simply write down in journal form kind of just a list of everything that's bothering me. 
And some of them are to-dos that I have to do. Others of them are just things I need to release to God through prayer. Um, Others of them are things that I can say, oh, that's bugging me because I know it's coming at me, but it's not coming for a month. I don't have to worry about that today. I just need to get it on my schedule to do, you know, next week or a couple weeks from Mm -hmm. now. And just it's such a release thing. It just allows you to have a lot more peace. And, you know, I know your life, Maria's busy, my life's busy, everybody's life is busy. And if we can just actually live in the moment, we can get so much more done than when we're worrying about everything that's coming at us in a couple days or a couple weeks or a couple months. Very true. Very, very true. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Maria Gracia, and she is from GetOrganizedNow.com. And we're going to come right back and talk about paper or paperless and how to refocus, re-energize in the middle of the day. We'll be right back. Successfully maximizing the gifts God has given us is the best gift that we can give back to God. Are you 100% clear about why you're here, about how God defines success for you personally? Are you on track with God's plan for your life, the best life on planet Earth, followed by the best possible eternity for you? If not, check out the Success Principles Intensive Training course over at Marnie.com. It's a six-hour online program that will change how you define and do your life from today forward. It's a biblical based approach to goal setting and achievement so check it out under the training tab at marnie.com welcome back this is marnie swedberg and our topic today is finally organized our guest maria gracia is from getorganizednow.com and we are going to launch into this section of the program talking about paper or paperless and how to know if, when, and which things to transfer. Actually, Maria, this is, I'm, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about this. We have, we have a restaurant, we have a retail store, and then, of course, we have our family, then I have the online stuff, and I have an amazing mix of paperless and paper. And I am curious to hear what you would say about this and what you, what you recommend and help people do with this. Um, it's kind of a perplexing question. Uh, you don't, you want to have everything you need in case you get audited later or in case somebody comes back and needs information, but you don't want to keep too much. So go ahead and just tell us. You know, we, we're living in this, like, technology age, but we have more paper than ever, you know. <laughs> and I think part mm-hmm. of that is that we're so concerned that it's going to get lost in cyberspace or we'll never be able to access it again that we end up printing it all out. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's even worse than before. But, um, you know, when, when it comes to paper, there is no doubt about it. You are going to have a mix of digital and a mix of paper, at least at this point in our lives. You know, we're not totally uh, a paperless, uh, you know, it's not even possible in many situations. But what I do, and we can talk a little bit about um, electronics if you want, you know, the email and that kind of stuff. When when I get, um, you know, first of all, like I have, I have my business stuff and I have my home personal stuff. Both of those things I definitely keep separated in my filing cabinet. You know, I have a large filing cabinet. I think every family needs a filing cabinet um, or at least some kind of filing mechanism, even if it's portable file boxes, so that you can take the paper that you need and you can file it away. The important thing is is knowing what to file and knowing what to pitch, you know. And I always say as a rule of thumb – if it is anything that is legal, if it's anything that you need for uh, your taxes, which is generally seven years worth, unless you've been audited in the past, um, anything that is uh, you need for insurance purposes, um, uh, passports, birth certificates, etc., those types of papers are permanent papers, and you need to find um, a permanent place in your filing cabinet or a, a, you know, some, some kind of fireproof um, mechanism to hold those papers and you, you cannot get rid of those. Uh, the papers that you don't necessarily need that a lot of people might keep would be uh, – you know, maybe like advertising that you get in the mail, you're not really sure whether you want it enough, so you end up, you know, you end up hanging on to it. Or uh, magazines that you haven't read that you're subscribed to. Or papers that you have to read for, you know, your child's schoolwork, etc. So, you know, there, there are some papers that we can kind of glance at 
and then make an immediate decision on, you know, and if, if I get an advertising thing in the mail and I'm not sure whether I want it or not, rather than keeping the paper, I will actually jot some information about that into my computer, you know, and I use a program online that's actually a free program. It's called Evernote, um, and it keeps, like, every note that I ever want to remember, and you can search you know, on keywords and stuff like that to find your stuff. So, um, you know, anything that I feel like I don't necessarily need to keep the paper for, something I might want to look up later, an article that I know I can find online, etc., I will type that information or clip that information into um, my Evernote program, and it'll save it there for me, and then I can immediately recycle the paper. You know, if my my daughter, she you know, she is 10. She's constantly bringing stuff home from school that I need to read. I designate... 10 minutes every night to go through all of her stuff, sign her paper, sign her permission slips, etc. And I don't let those papers ever land on my desk. You know, I send them right back to school. So there's different situations with different pieces of paper and, and ways that you can manage them. But, but what I always tell people is it is so important to process your paper on a daily basis. Any incoming mail that's coming in, anything your kids are bringing home from school, uh, you know, anything your spouse tosses on your desk, you know, if you can process those papers, um, either do the action on the paper, delegate the paper to someone else, or you might file the paper away if you have, need to keep it, or you might recycle it immediately, 15 minutes a day. If you can do that each day, you won't have the paper pile up. Now, as far as the the digital, you know, the digital stuff and the, the digital papers, you can kind of file um, the same way, you know, you can, you can file into virtual file folders versus filing into, you know, regular file folders. But again, it's important that you not file stuff that you don't need or you can access later on because virtual clutter can get just as bad, if not worse, than paper clutter, and it can turn into an absolute nightmare. And, and I guess anything that you are filing away, whether you're filing it into your paper file cabinet or you're fi filing it electronically, it's important that it's organized in a way that you can find it later. Right, right. And I was thinking um, that's always, and I'm not, I'm not contradicting what Maria is saying here, and Maria, I'm not contradicting you, but there came a point when, when we were juggling three businesses plus the family where I could no longer do that <laughs> anymore and survive because it was taking me two hours a day to process the paper mm -hmm. uh, that came in on that day. And so what I did is I kind of took, I kind of added a step to it, but that relieved the pressure for me, is that I did as much sorting as I had to. So every day when we get the mail, I simply sort it into business um, to business files. So um, I sort the, the restaurant paperwork that I received that day into that folder. I sort the store paperwork into that folder like that. And if, it, if I know I can trash it, I just put that right off, right then. I don't even open it. It's just gone. But if I do put it in a file, then I have a day that's set aside. This is the day that I look at all the restaurant stuff. And at that moment, I also have my QuickBooks open so I can actually process the bills and take care of it all at once. So what I was doing before was I was tackling, I was doing the touch it only once thing, but because I had so many different um, irons in the fire, it was making me crazy. So when you're listening to me, if you've got only one or two things that you're doing, that touch it once, once and be done with it, that Maria is teaching you is absolutely the right thing to do. If you get to the point of complexity where that no longer works for you, then go to a touch it twice process like what I do where you touch it once, you eliminate any clutter that you can see immediately, and you put it into a place, and that place that you put it has a date and a time attached to it. So you know it's not going to go away forever. You do have to deal with it, but you don't have to deal with it today. You don't have to deal with it this minute. You have a time when you're going to actually deal with it. So that's kind of what I do, and I love that. Um, do, what, other than Evernote, do you have any other programs that you just love? And maybe I'll share a couple of mine. Sure. Um, Evernote is my favorite for kind of note-taking, you know. I like the kind of the basic programs. Like I will actually open um, an Excel document, and, you know, you can open many worksheets within an Excel document. So I do a lot of my reference work right in that basic type of a program. Um, and I might use Word, you know, for, this, for, for the same programs. Um, we also use Quicken, you know, for our business finances, which I really, really love. 
And um, I have an app on my phone called Paperless that I absolutely love, and I believe that's a free app. Um, so, yeah, there, there are tons of things out there, and, you know, I say whatever, you know, whatever works for you is definitely the process you should be using. And one thing I wanted to add um, to what you were saying a few seconds ago, Marnie, because I think that's absolutely true. You know, if you have so much going on in your life, that would be a great way to do it. I, um, it kind of b- reminded me of this system that I have people do, because people do tend to shuffle paper a lot. And one way to ensure that you're not shuffling all that paper is every time you pick up a paper, you can get a red pen and put a little dot on it. So if you, you know, keep picking up that paper and your paper begins to look like it has the measles, you know that you're not getting anywhere and you have to process that paper today. I love it. I love it. Hold yourself accountable with red dots. Yeah, that's awesome. I never thought that's awesome. Love it. Love it. I was thinking a couple of uh, my favorite apps on my phone are I use instead of Evernote, I use Color Note, which is just very quick. You can either do like a word type of a, a setup in there or you can do like a little, you know, real basic Excel type of a list. Um, so that's that's fun for me. And I also use I, I really like the My Fitness Pal is the one I use to keep track of um, to keep track of the food and the exercise and and the weight. That that one works really great because I always have that with me. I don't have to necessarily be at a computer. I can have it on my phone. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there. What's most important is that you find the ones that work well for you for whatever it is you're tracking for whatever it is that you need to keep track of in your life in your day. And one of the best things that happened for me was when um, my Google email plus my Google calendar went uh, and combined online with um, with all of my Facebook um, and different different connections there too. That really simplified my life when I had that all in my phone. Um, I, I just love that, and I can't believe we get to do that now. So that's, that's so cool. Uh, we are going to talk next about how to refocus and re-energize to avoid midday productivity slumps or burnout. This is a huge problem for a lot of people. Uh, and I think a lot of it, Maria, really has to do with eating the wrong thing for lunch. Um, <laughs> it can really sabotage your afternoon if you have a heavy lunch. Um, I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, wow. It, it's funny, just in the past couple of years, um, my husband and I, and then my sister and their family, um, have gone have gone become really aware of the need to change our diets. And one of the things that we noticed last year was that in the past, before we were aware of this, what we did is we would we would medicate we would medicate responses from food uh, all throughout the day. So you would have lunch and you would then feel tired. So then you would have caffeine, which would give you a little boost, but then that would make you crave sugar. So you'd have sugar and that would give you a little high and then you'd dump again and then you, and, you know, drop, drop off again and then you'd have to have a little more caffeine. And so what we realized is that we were really medicating ourselves all day long to make it through the day because of what we were eating. And when we changed what we ate, wow, huge, huge difference in the productivity and how our bodies felt and how our brains were functioning. So I just encourage you, everybody, to consider that if you're having an afternoon slump. But even beyond that, Maria, sometimes we get into the afternoon, we've already been working a lot um, through the Mm -hmm, day, mm -hmm. and we just start losing momentum, and we start kind of shuffling things around and kind of looking at Facebook or (laughs) Whatever. So help us out. What do we do in the middle of the afternoon when we need to re-energize and refocus? You know, it's funny that you even are bringing this up because I just had this conversation with somebody this morning. You know, when I get up in the morning, the very, you know, first, probably my very first task of the day after I get dressed is I go to the gym, you know, and I kind of really get moving. And that kind of keeps me going for a good two or three hours. But most of us don't have the luxury of, you know, stopping at the gym like right after lunch. You know, most of us have to get right back to work. So one of the things that I do is I feel like I have to get up from my desk and I have to kind of get moving. So I may take a walk down the hallway. I may run up and down my stairs a couple of times. Something to kind of get my body up and going again. You know, because I I think a lot of us tend to kind of settle into our chairs and, you know, that's kind of it. 
And, you know, if you keep moving, you know, maybe you can do a project and then get up and, you know, do something. Go, you know, run down the hallway, you know, get get, get something done, uh, you know, throw a load in the wash if you're home or if you're at work. Maybe you can stop over at the copy machine and get your copies made because you're actually getting up and you're kind of getting, you know, a little pumped. The other thing that I like to do is, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I like putting on some kind of music, you know, and kind of even if I'm kind of singing to myself or singing in my mind or I might get up if nobody's around and maybe, you know, I don't know, dance a little bit in my office or whatnot. But, um, you know, it's something that kind of gets me motivated again. You know, it's kind of like a little reward for everything that I've been doing. Um, and, of course, you can also use some mechanisms to get you focused. You know, I think very often what happens is we take on these large projects in the afternoon that may require, you know, an hour or two of kind of dedicated work. But, you know, after you're working for something on, you know, for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you can tend to get kind of tired of doing that. So, you know, I don't really have a problem with people taking some mental breaks, you know, going onto Facebook or going onto Pinterest for maybe 10 or 15 minutes to kind of, you know, just kind of take a mini vacation. And, you know, I always set my timer because, you know, you can get I don't know about you, but I can, you know, once I'm on Facebook, I can sit there and hang out all day and, you know, just be the nosy neighbor, you know, to see what my friends are doing or whatnot. But if I set that timer for 15 minutes and that timer goes off, I know my break is done and I got to get back to my project. But I might say, well, you know, if I, you know, work on this for another 45 minutes and, you know, you can set your timer for that too, then, you know, you can take another mental break after that. So that's one way I kind of keep going. I kind of have these little pending rewards throughout my day and, it is very often, you know, Facebook or Pinterest or a call to, a, you know, a good friend of mine or something to that effect, you know, something that I find motivating. That's awesome. And what's interesting is that I do it the opposite way. I actually set a timer for my work so I will stop <laughs> and I will take a break. And mm-hmm. then I usually mm-hmm. take very quick short breaks and then I'm right back at it. So um, I, I do the timer the other way. But whatever works for you guys, just know that timers are helpful sometimes too in the afternoon especially. And I love that. I love that the things that we were talking here are about physiology, actually changing the body's um, situation because it is a literal physical response to to become sluggish to become um, more uh, tired really that's that's a physical response and so you need to respond to it with something physical you need to change it and and uh, do something a little different I loved I loved your ideas there and music is a great one. Music is a great one. And if you guys haven't discovered Pandora yet, there's some other ones now too that you can create your own radio station online that doesn't have a lot of commercials and just really fun with just the music you love. So that's great. Okay, we're going to come right back after one more break here, talk about the time-saving tips to help you enjoy, maximize, and manage your social connections as well as the easiest and best three things you can do to get yourself more organized starting right now. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. Woohoo, you guys, and the new site is up and rolling, so you can check that out at womenspeakers.com or over at marnie.com, and uh, lots of great speakers for you over there, over 1,700 wonderful Christian women speakers available to you. Check that out. Well, we are back with our guest today, Maria Gracia, and she is of getorganizednow.com. Hope you check that out as well as her free gift to you, five action teas to get more done. Maria, let's talk about time-saving tips to help you enjoy, maximize, and manage your social connections. Well, great. Yeah, let's let's definitely talk about that. And, you know, this, this just happened to me the other day. I'm going to tell you a little story. So I had lunch set up 
with a girlfriend of mine, and she called me, and she's like, how about, because she was going to Australia the next day, and she said, how, how would you feel about doing a, um, a Skype call with me instead of getting together, because I really, you know, have to kind of pack and get my luggage together and get going, and it was kind of interesting, because I, I Skyped with her, you know, for an hour, which is, for anybody that doesn't know, it's basically like a video conference, you just need a little camera on your computer, and, uh, you know, we chatted, and we kind of caught up, and, you know, in a lunch that would have taken me, you know, probably three hours with drive time, you know, we chatted for like a little less than an hour, and I felt such a personal connection with her, you know, because I was able to actually see her, it was almost like sitting across the table from her, you know, so um, definitely, you know, things like that can be time-saving, and not to say that you should never go out with your friends and always use a computer, but occasionally, you know, that is definitely, you know, a way that you can save save some time, you know. Um, another thing that I like to do is, you know, when it comes time for, uh, you know, we spend a whole lot of time, I think, getting dinner ready each night. And one thing that I really like to do is when I cook, I try to cook so that we have two or three meals, you know, we might have enough, you know, at a one meal so that I can either freeze it and have a meal next week that I don't have to cook for. We can just kind of heat it up, you know, or um, we may have, you know, something to eat for lunch the next day without having to, you know, run to McDonald's, you know what I mean? So um, that, that's a definite, definite time saver for me. Um, And the, uh, another time saver that I use that I really love is to use, um, my reminder system on, you know, my phone, what I, what I will do is, you know, if I have a bunch of to-dos, errands, whatnot that I have to get done, I will get them all into my phone and I will have the, the phone beeping me when I have to do them. So instead of, you know, sitting there wondering what I have to do all day, it's all either on paper or in my phone, you know, it's not in my head You know, so, uh, you know, having, you know, an automated personal secretary or a personal secretary uh, that you create on paper can really save a ton of time in your day. I love that. And I like how you described a couple of those things. Um, Let's start with the personal secretary because – a lot of people feel like, oh, that's just so, uh, you know, why would you need to do that? But honestly, if you think about, okay, let's think about President Obama for a minute. And he wouldn't even begin going through a day without having everything scheduled really out for him. I mean, that, that wouldn't even be a possibility for him. He, he couldn't entertain the thought. Uh, there are some days when you can entertain the thought, so be happy you're not the president. But the reality is, on, on a lot of days, it is really helpful to have someone telling you, okay, you've got five minutes until your next meeting. Uh, that's really a great thing, and it's something that people who get a lot done do. So don't feel you know, like a baby to do that. That's awesome. And if your phone can do it for you or your computer can do it for you, that's great. You've got that right there, and you don't even have to pay anybody to keep you on track. So that's awesome. Another thing you said earlier in that we'll said here was that you felt a great connection with your friend without being face-to-face by doing Skype. And I hear so many people, uh, especially people who don't use the Internet very much or don't use the social medias, talk about the shallowness of the relationship. And I really understand the caution and the concern there. But at the same time, I, like you, can really feel a connection with someone without seeing them face-to-face. In fact, Maria, I think you and I here, after this conversation today, if we ever see each other face-to-face, I know you. I, I mean... I am going to feel like we don't have to start from scratch with our friendship, but that we can start on a foundation of already being friends. You know, we have a connection here. And that can happen for you with people online. In fact, on every Sunday afternoon, um, we Skype or, or FaceTime or Google Chat, whatever we decide to do that week with our kids. And wherever they are in the country or in the world, we can get together once a week with our children and we can see their faces and we can talk and we can laugh and, you know, just hang out together even though we can't be together in person every single week. So this the social connection thing is huge and just take advantage of it, but do set, do set some boundaries, especially if you have a weakness for something, then set some boundaries. I liked your idea of setting a timer, you know, if you tend to lose track of time into Facebook or whatever, just set a timer and just say, this is how much I get now. Yeah. Do you have any other suggestions for like um, managing that side of the life? I mean, I'm sure you probably have a ton of them, but anything, maybe one more that you could share here? For time management? 
Yeah, with the social media. With the social media. You know, one one thing I do too with the um with the social media is I kind of limit the number of close friends that I have. You know, like if I go into Facebook, they now have a feature called Close Friends. And it's kind of nice because instead of reading through, you know, the hundreds of things that are going on with the hundreds of friends that are out there, I can click on my Close Friends link and kind of just get the information, you know, about the people that are nearest and dearest to my heart. And, you know, while I think it's okay to, you know, flip through all of your friends every once in a while, it's kind of nice to get quick updates. So I really like that new feature on Facebook now. That's awesome. I love that. And and I was going to say, too, one of the things that I do is I have a set amount of time. I don't have very much time at all to spend on social media on a daily basis. I just do, I just do the very minimum. Um, and then if I'm traveling or if I have like a couple hours where I just get to play, that's how I really view Facebook and Twitter. And um, even LinkedIn for me is really fun to just play on. And, but I don't do that on a regular basis. I do that as like a little mini vacation or something I can do when I have some time that's downtime and I don't have another project that I need to work on. As I think about it like that, it's more like a dessert instead of a main course. And you can just have those every, you know, you can't have them every day or it's going to be trouble. So uh, that's kind of how I do my social media. I encourage you to set some boundaries for yourself so that when you do it, you can really enjoy it. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to get in trouble because you're not getting your other work done. But it's there for you and you can really take advantage of the great things about it without having it take over your life. Maria, we only have five minutes left. What are the easiest and best three things you can do to get yourself more organized starting right now? Okay, well, the first and the, probably the easiest thing you can do is just make the commitment to yourself. I would write on a piece of paper, I can get organized, I will get organized, and put that on your bathroom mirror just to give yourself that, you know, that visual each day so that you're not beating yourself up because you didn't get, you know, 20 things done, you know. Um, knowing that you can do it, feeling that you can do it is really, really important. That I would say is don't keep adding to your to-do list um, or you know your paperwork, etc. Without taking something away, because the more you're adding on, you know the more overwhelmed that you're going to get. So I always say, you know, if you're going to take activity, take off one that you're just not too crazy about. You know, um, you know sometimes easier said than done, but um, really something to kind of think about, you know, each night before you go to bed because you don't want to make your life more difficult. The idea is to make your life uh, more simplified but more fulfilling at the same time, you know. And the third thing that I would say is don't compare yourself to others, you know, your organization is your your personal thing, and only you can, you know, determine what you're going to be able to do each day. So I would say, you know, choose one thing to work on, you know, each day. Find an organizing tip or strategy you want to apply. Apply that one strategy to your life today. And, uh, you know, by doing so, you won't get overwhelmed with the idea of organization. It will be more freeing for you in the long run. That's so awesome. Great advice. I, my sister Vicki, um, they lived on a boat, on a sailboat with their family for almost 10 years. And because on a sailboat you have very small you know, storage spaces, you're, you just can't just keep bringing things home all the time. And so they had a policy on their boat is if you bought a new shirt or a new pair of pants or whatever, that you had to get rid of one. And so they could not, they just literally could not keep adding complexity to their wardrobes. They had to make choices every time they bought something new. They had to throw something or give something away. And I just encourage you, that is such a huge one. Uh, instead of keeping adding things to your life, if you add something, you have to eliminate something to it. You don't have to, but it's a great idea to look at it and to say, is there something that could go your last point, Maria, is so important. Don't compare yourself to others. I always train busy, best unique strategies for you. And I always say God strung you together in a particular way. He put together your 3 billion base pair of DNA. And you are the only you just like you. And while some of you heard part of our conversation, and went, yeah, that's for me. Others of you heard a different part and said, yeah, that's for me. And don't worry if it isn't all for you. 
the beauty of listening to programs like this, of getting Maria's um, action tees, of getting involved with her program or getting involved with mine, is that you will learn and you will be able to identify which things can work for you in your life. Maria, thank you for being here today. What a lot of great training and material here. Absolutely. This was so much fun. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys all have a great day. It was so fun being with all of you. Great. And you can learn more about Maria over at her website, getorganizednow.com. Or, again, you can request her free resource that she's giving away to you guys, five action tees to get more done from marniesfriends.com or else from Blog Talk Radio. Thank you guys for being here. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day. We will see you again next time. And until then, take care and enjoy getting organized more than you ever have before. Have a great day and a great week. Bye-bye.